Just a few years ago, this city was written off as dangerous beyond redemption. The city trapped in a downward spiral. When Camden becomes more successful, prosperous, safe, and educated, New Jersey becomes more prosperous, safe, educated, and hopeful. From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. Come to New Jersey. Even if you make $400,000 a year, we'll tax you like a millionaire. You want to get something done? you got to reach your hand out and be willing to compromise. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to open a beer. I'm going to order a pizza. I'm going to watch the Mets. I'm David First, here with Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio and WNYC, and Tom Moran, editorial page editor for the Star-Ledger. Later, we'll be joined by Zeke Miller, political reporter for Time, for a close look at Christie's foreign policy speech in New Hampshire. But uh, what's going on? President Obama comes to Camden to highlight the local police department, and Christie gives a major speech on foreign policy. Tom Moran, are they essentially switching jobs this week? <laughs> well, I think Christie knows that he was damaged in the Republican base by the bro hug he gave President Obama after Sandy, just before the election with Mitt Romney. So he's going to go nowhere near any sign of affection for Obama at this point. So when Obama comes to Camden, he skedaddled. He doesn't want to be there when Obama's there. Uh, essentially, Obama came to Camden to hold it up as a national example of a troubled city that has found a way to bring down the crime rate, building trust between the community and the police. Violent crime in Camden is down 24%. Murder is down 47%. And he's not the only one who has been boasting about what's happening in Camden. In a city suffering from epidemic crime, we acted boldly. We terminated the city police department. And partnering with the county, put a new metro division on the streets with 400 officers for the same price we were paying for 260. That's Governor Christie from this year's uh, State of the State speech. Matt, can you break down the changes to the police force in Camden? It's been two years since the city police department was disbanded and the Camden County police department took over. That's right. Um, Early in Christie's term, there were major budget restraints statewide. As a result... Camden could not afford to pay its cops. Uh, they rely in, almost entirely on the state government for to, to fund their budget, and they absolutely cannot afford to pay their cops. So there were massive layoffs. I mean, nearly half of the police department in the most dangerous city in the country was laid off. And the murder rate went through the roof, shattered the records for a place that already had a horrible homicide rate. So George Norcross, the political power broker there, comes up with this idea to get rid of the police department entirely and have it a new department created by the county board of chosen freeholders. And that's exactly what happened. A new county police force was created, came in. They were able to get rid of all the old union uh, contracts for the cops that the Democrats down there said were too onerous. So they were able to hire cops cheaper. They got more boots on the ground. And as a result, there actually has been a reduction in crime. There are questions about uh, whether there's been more excessive force. So at least the complaints have gone up. The cops say that's just because there are more cops. So obviously there's more interaction with people. The ACLU has concerns about people getting tickets for riding bicycles without bells, uh, which apparently is illegal. Who knew? Uh, So 
it's not a perfect picture, but it's one that politicians everywhere apparently love. I mean, Christie has spent more time in Camden than anywhere else besides Trenton in the last couple of years. Uh, when he found out that Obama was coming to Camden to, you know, bask in the glory of this uh, new police department, his office sent out a series of press releases making sure everybody realized this was his baby not Obama's. This is all his thing. Monday, when Obama was in town, the governor was sending out tweet after tweet, reminding people of the speeches he's given in Camden about the police. I've been involved with the city of Camden now for 12 years as the chief law enforcement officer on the federal level in this state and now as the governor. And I can tell you that I have never seen a more hopeful time based not on words, but on deeds. Politicians love the Camden story, but people I know in Camden say, you know, wait a second, the, the story still is still being written. Yeah, I'd say it's worth noting, Matt, that, uh, you know, where there has been significant progress in Camden, but not in any other major city in New Jersey. Uh, this is a real accomplishment. I'm not diminishing it in any way, but um, this was a local initiative on the part of George Norcross, the political boss down there who you mentioned that Christie supported, to his credit. It was another example of Christie, you know, making deals with Democrats. Uh, but the rest there, Newark, Elizabeth, Patterson, where crime remains a uh, disaster, and there's been no similar progress. It's also interesting to me, you have a Democratic president coming to town to laud this, and what this is, when you boil it down, is union busting. They had to fire half the police force because the police union would make no concessions on pay and benefits, so they b- abolished the department and set up a new one. That's, um, you know, if you're a factory owner and your people strike and you fire them all and set up a new factory with a new workforce, that's called union busting. There are many, many observers who think it was justified as a public safety emergency to break the union, but it's still odd for me to see a Democratic president coming and celebrating it. I just wanted to add that he did, that Obama did mention that the new police force is indeed unionized, so they do have a union. It's still union busting if you close the place down to escape onerous terms of a union contract. Right. Even if you establish a second union. What about uh, the uh, holding Camden up as this shining example of where uh, the police relationship with the community is entering a a new chapter? I I think that there's some legitimacy there. Um, You hear anecdotally, I I used to cover Camden and I talked to people there who used to be gadflies against everything the establishment there did. And they say uh, they do feel it is safer. They do feel that there's more cops around Um, there does seem to be a concerted approach to, you know, getting cops out of their uh, police vehicles and uh, talking to residents and giving free ice cream to kids. And if that's supposed to be the the new way of policing in order to avoid situations like Ferguson, I think that there is definitely evidence that some of that is happening right now. My quibble really is more with the stats that the politicians are using, not with the work that the police force is doing. Murder is down 51% in what was once called the most dangerous city in America. They keep referring to a 50% drop in murders. But what they're talking about is a year, uh, 2012, when murders skyrocketed because the very politicians who are now praising the success created a fiscal environment that forced them to lay off a bunch of cops. And now that that worked, they go back to the stats from the crisis that they themselves created. So this is what the critics say. And I understand that to a certain extent in terms of the politicians using the stats. And that goes from Obama to Christie to Norcross without giving the context of what really was happening in that aberrational year when murders went up so high. 
we have to mention this. Uh, speaking with Megan Kelly on Fox News this week uh, from New Hampshire, Christie had this to say when asked about his current low poll numbers in New Jersey. The polls in New Jersey right now say by a 65 to 29 percent margin, the New Jersey voters say you would not make a good president. Now, they know you the best. Why shouldn't we trust them? They want me to stay. A lot of those people in that 65 percent want me to stay. And I've heard that from lots of people at town hall meetings. Don't leave to run for president because we want you to stay. But they say you would not make a good president. No, I think people hear the question they want to hear. People hear the question they want to hear, he says. They didn't quite understand this question. Uh, Tom Moran, does this answer test the absolute outer limits of uh, America's tolerance for spin? Yes. When I saw the headline in this, I thought it was a joke. And then you read the thing, and he's actually serious about this. This is quite remarkable. He's either pulled off all the restraints on spin, or he's truly delusional. Tom Moran, editorial page editor for the Star-Ledger, Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio and WNYC. Thanks again. Okay, thank you, Dick. Thanks, guys. President Bush nominated me to be the United States Attorney for the District of New Jersey. I was informed by the White House of the nomination on September 10th, 2001. In early 2002, Attorney General John Ashcroft called the U.S. attorneys into the Justice Department, and he gave us a message directly from President Bush. What happened on 9-11 must never happen again. Well, I took that to heart, because I remembered what it felt like to be waiting for a phone call from Mary Pat, hoping and praying that she was okay. I know what it feels like to lose people when they should be safe. This is not theoretical to me. I lived it. I lived it in my own home. Everything changed that morning in September. This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David First. Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio were heavily criticized this week after struggling to come up with straight answers to a basic question. Based on what we know now, was it a mistake for George W. Bush to go to war with Iraq? What, what she said was, knowing what we know now, what would you have done? I heard some, I didn't, whatever I heard, it was translated, knowing what you knew then, what would you do? The question I was asked is, what you know now? Well, based on what we know now, I think everyone agrees. Was it that a mistake? Still... Was it a mistake to go to war with Iraq? Uh, two, it was, I'm, I'm asking you to... Yeah, I understand, but it's not the same question. We just heard Jeb Bush, followed by Senator Rubio on Fox News. By contrast, here's Governor Christie responding to the same question last week asked by CNN's Jake Tapper. I want to directly answer your question because that's what I do. If we knew then what we know now and I were the president of the United States, I wouldn't have gone to war. But, you know, uh, we don't get to replay history. This week, Governor Christie delivered a speech on foreign policy in New Hampshire, and he tried to continue to highlight that contrast between himself, the straight-talking ideas man, and candidates like Bush and Rubio. We're joined now by Zeke Miller, political reporter for Time. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So was Governor Christie able to distinguish himself in New Hampshire, that uh, I'm the guy who can deliver straight answers and has a, a clear vision when it comes to foreign policy? He certainly didn't skirt around some of the finer details on things like how large the military should be, um, that some of his uh, competitors are maybe a little less uh, willing to offer specific numbers on. The other thing that stood out would be, you know, Christie was as strong a proponent of various NSA spying programs, going so far as to say, uh, you know, that he's used many of these programs as a federal prosecutor and that they work. 
uh, and saying that they should be, in, in fact, strengthened rather than weakened. This is a big debate in Congress right now. Different courts have expressed their views on the program, too. But right now, that debate is dominated by intellectual purists worried about theoretical abuses that have not occurred. It was interesting when he was talking about how he used these programs. That seemed to be a, a place where he was trying to show that you know, foreign policy is not a foreign idea to the governor of New Jersey. This is a governor who deals with, uh, you know, in the New York metropolitan area, who deals with the threat of terrorism often. Foreign policy is always an area where sitting governors have an issue. You know, when you're a senator, like if you're Marco Rubio, you're on the Senate Intelligence Committee, you're read into all of these classified government programs. If you're a governor and you don't have experience in Washington, you have to look for other places. So you take foreign trips like the governor has taken a few times. Um, you, you, you hype up your experience as a federal prosecutor in the metro New York area and post 9-11 world where you're involved in terrorism prosecutions, you're being briefed on them. And certainly that differentiates himself from some of the other governors who have really never been exposed to these programs and certainly have never used, say, Section 215 of the Patriot Act, which, you know, that's the program that became a big deal about two years ago, where it was, you know, the federal government collects telephone metadata and uses the, that to track patterns um, in phone calls. And that, that's one of the things that the White House has been trying to roll back under public scrutiny that, that Governor Christie says, I used it, it works. In fact, we need to do more of this. Uh, let's look at some of the uh, other things he talked about, increasing defense spending. Uh, he highlighted uh, the U.S. relationship with Israel, harshly criticized President Obama's handling of that relationship. President Obama seems unwilling to stand up to anyone in the Middle East except for Prime Minister Netanyahu. It's embarrassing and it's dangerous. He also criticized Obama's eagerness for a deal with Iran on their nuclear program. Iran might not have the bomb right now, but their influence is absolutely radioactive to the world. Is he articulating any of these issues uh, differently than other candidates or potential candidates? This is basically Republican Party orthodoxy right now. The only differentiation between Governor Christie and everyone else is, you know, he said, you know, there should be three, at least 350 ships in the Navy. Those levels of specifics are almost a, sort of a, a dog whistle to a certain segment of the Republican right, the neoconservative wing that has been sounding the alarm about the size of the military for several years, that, that has been critical of its own party as much as they've been a critical of Democrats for the budget cuts that have taken place. And this is Governor Christie saying to them, I'm aware of these issues. I know what you care about. And by offering those specific numbers... They, you know, they're much more likely to say, hey, look, give him another look. The governor of New Jersey, I mean, this is not a job that automatically makes people think, yeah, this guy's going to be an expert when it comes to foreign policy. But is this an opportunity for Christie to pick up any voters? Because he's, he's just lagging so far behind. You know, New Hampshire is a very different state than Iowa. There's a reason why Governor Christie is essentially camping out uh, in New Hampshire and has been for the past couple of months until the New Hampshire primary. It's, you know, voters there are, you know, want to hear that straight talk. They want to hear people who are comfortable speaking their mind, who will tell it like it is, sort of, the, you know, is, is the cliche. But that really is what New Hampshire voters are like. But as much as this was about the Republican field, it's more about, you know, can people view me as a presidential candidate right now? And giving a speech like this sort of puts you into that class of, oh, this person sounds serious, like they're considering running for president. And this is the type of speech that a presidential candidate gives. And then everyone remembers that, oh, yeah, he's not the governor you know, whose two of his former aides were just indicted. You know, this is the governor who wants to take on a role on the national stage. This is the type of speech that will help him try to turn that page. Zeke Miller, political reporter for Time. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. The Christie Tracker podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio. Thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. 
Our theme music is by 29 Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christy Tracker podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow Matt Katz on Twitter at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. Or Tom Moran at Tom A. Moran. I'm David First. Till next week. The, the fact is that polls in New Jersey will go up and down as well, Megan. I've been as high as 75 80% approval and as low as 35 40% approval. And it's bounced back and forth in the five and a half years because I do things. 